of praise. We exalt you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Lord God, we thank you for being such a mighty good God, sitting high and looking low. Thank you for the years that you've taken care of us. Thank you for waking us up early this morning and starting us on our way. Thank you for the plan and purposes that you have for our lives. Now glorify yourself, convict, convince, if need be converse. Bless our coming together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get Lord a hand clap. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you. Well, we are thankful to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you that our, our women brought something back. Praise the Lord. Truly God is an awesome, awesome God. We're thankful to him from whom all blessings flow. Praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, God is not always in the thunder and the lightning. Sometimes it's a still, small voice that speaks to our hearts. Can I get a witness? And gives us clarity concerning his will. That's why the psalmist said, I will lift up my head to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. Praise his name. This morning, we are thankful to God for all things, but we're in a series, Growing Up in Him, Ephesians 4.15, and we've been moving and matriculating through several texts, growing up in Him as we go through conflict. How do you grow up in conflict? Hmm. You learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Hmm. Growing up in him through confusion. God is not the God of confusion, but he's the God of peace. Sometimes we cause our own confusion. Listen, I, I want to diagnostically give you the word. Many of our problems is not from the inside out. It's from the outside, it's from the, I mean, many of our problems are not from the outside in. It's from the inside in. Are y'all are getting this? Many of what we struggle with is us. That's why David said, create in me a clean heart. Can I get a witness? I can do all things through Christ who keeps on continuous tense, strengthening me. 
And, and, and so we, we need to understand that uh, as we look at this series about growing up, and God already knows where we are in our state of immaturity or maturity. He's trying to show you and me. Can I get a witness? When a baby is hungry, it cries. When the baby's wet, it cries. When a baby has gas, it cries. Are y'all are y'all kidding me? And growing up in him deals with the fact that God gives us these wherewithals as checkpoints. And last week, growing up in him, in spite of the internal conflict, internal conflict, what I keep doing, what I keep thinking, that's causing me problems. Yeah. This morning, growing up in him, in our compassion, Boy, when I studied this out, I had to stop, pause, and park about God's compassion. Because we're not compassionate with everybody. We got our choice people that we are compassionate with. Anybody that has a history in your life of disruption, it's hard to be compassionate with them because you got a record, and the record is your problem. That is, some gifts that we give are more expensive than expressive. Some cost uh, a lot of money. Others are custom fit. Hmm. Some have special meaning while others are soon forgotten. Hmm. I've learned that everybody does not appreciate the expensive stuff. And they, they, they almost acknowledge that they want you to meet them where they want to be met in order to feel satisfied. Christmas used to be, let me go out and buy you what I want you to have. And then you show Thanksgiving. You know, don't tell me all year what you want. And I'm, you know, spending all my hard-earned money to get it for you and, and, and whatnot. We, we, and, and see, our thinking, our thinking is because we've lost our concept of gift. A gift is not something you express. A gift is something you receive. Do I have a witness? And, and, and so uh, I, I was saying this morning, about 21 years ago, when my kids were young, uh, on, a, on a Christmas morning, I... You know, we get up 3 o'clock in the morning to help put the toys together and all that. 6, 6, 6.30, I drove, I drove up on my lawn a, uh, one of them uh, family vans and put a big bow on it. And Sister Gordon saw it. She said, oh, a new, a new truck. Well, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't that expensive. It was expensive. 
but it was expressive because in it were DVDs for the kids. I wasn't buying that for her feelings. I was buying that for my family. But it was hers. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, she don't want no van today. She don't, she don't, she don't want no van today, doc. She, And, and, and so when we begin to look at this text, and I'm going to momentarily tell you where I am, and this is me, this is me. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of giving you milk. Pablon, this is me. This, this is real me, that when we begin to look at the meaning in the Greek of compassion, it simply means pity to pity someone else. Not sympathy, but empathy. Getting in their shoes and walking with them a mile. Do, do I have a witness? That, that, that compassion, and, and the reason some of us can't show too much compassion is because um, <laughs> we, we have a backlash of anger and agitation. And we want to be we want to choose who we show compassion to, unlike God. Do I have a witness? That, that, that compassion is a mission, a medicine, and a movement. And when we begin to look at this thing called compassion, amen, that it helps people that have had failures who've had major fractures hanging in with pastor and who have a need to forgive or be forgiven. People that cannot forgive cannot be compassionate. They think they can. People that are bitter and angry cannot be compassionate. And his cousin is mercy. Mercy. Electos. I'm going to get there in a minute. That when we are showing compassion, literally means to have pity on another's pain. I mean, they in pain. Amen. And and to help promote, yeah, a prescription of healing. Now, most of us sitting here this morning have already deducted that you are compassionate. And when I finish with this text, I'm going to prove that you're not compassionate. You're political. You're political. If you like the person or if you don't feel threatened by the person or if you don't feel attacked by the person that needs compassion, you can be compassionate. But the minute they cross a certain line of opposition, you don't have a need to show them compassion. And and, and you go home and read Matthew 18 because it deals with forgiveness, but Matthew 18 says, you know, if you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. Isn't that the word? So, so, so when we begin to look at the need for compassion, and the hardest ones to be compassionate with are those closest to us. Uh, Gordon, have you been compassionate? With that brother from 15 in Susquehanna named Matt. Yeah. But people in my own household have to beg for forgiveness. Hmm. I want to suggest, hallelujah, that uh, as we look at this text this morning, hmm. And we're in Romans chapter 9. Turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Now get your Bibles out, please. 
because the social media got you six days a week. I got you two hours. Uh, some of y'all, I got an hour because you come late. <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, just pull your Bibles out and let's move along with truth. Amen. Move along, move along, move along, move along with truth. That, that Paul, Paul is rehearsing Israel's historicity in chapters 9, 10, 11. The past Jew, chapter 9, the present Jew, chapter 10, and the future Jew, chapter 11. It's not parenthetical, meaning it's really a part of the text because the theme to Romans is the righteousness of God, how to get right with God through Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 1.17, for the righteousness that's in Jesus from faith to faith, and the just shall live by faith. Are y'all are y'all with me? And, and so every chapter is calculated, and by the time Paul gets to the eighth chapter, he says, and we know that all things are really being worked. You have nothing to do with it. God is working them together for good. And then he goes into the past Jew who had all of the covenants and the ceremonies and the privileges of crossing the Red Sea, going into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to assume, to take over, amen, land, land from the enemy, amen, and the Palestinian covenant. And, and, and chapter 10 is the present Jew, but God says, here's what I, I did. I did not allow the Jew, amen, to think that they were all right. I took, because they were blinded nationally as to who I was, I blinded them for a season, and I'm going to save a remnant later on, Amen. And that happens at the rapture. Their eyes are going to be open as to who Jesus is. And then they got to go through the 70th week of Daniel, seven more years, which we call the tribulation, and then watch Christ come down on a white horse at a place called Armageddon. And he's going to defeat all of the nations of the world and rule with a rod of iron. Are you all with me? And, 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 and so I'm going to blind them in part, in part meaning remnant, and I'm going to usher in the ecclesia, the church, amen, and I'm going to take from their vine and graft in Gentiles. Are y'all with me? Hang in, hang in there with me, hang in there with me. So, 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 so when we begin to look at chapter 9, Paul talks about the aim, A-I-M, of our compassion. It is a sovereign mission of pity. Now, now let me stop pausing part. God did not save you because you're good looking. God did not save you because you dress nice. God did not save you because you, you think you're a nice person. God did not save you because you think you've never done anything that bad. Can I get a witness? If God saved you, it was his sovereign pity and will and until you understand the sovereignty of pity you will never grow in Christ you're going to always be faced with the dilemma that God didn't do that much to save you and you're going to always be faced with the dilemma that you are better than somebody else in church that's, 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 that's the problem that we walk away with. So here in chapter 9, I'm, 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 I'm going to get to compassion in a minute. Chapter 9 and verse 11. Are y'all with me? Now, now, now go up to verse 10. And not only this, but when Rebecca, Rebecca, Lord have mercy. Rebecca had two boys, two twins, Esau and Jacob, right? And Esau was the oldest, He meaning... He came out the womb first, and all the heir promises in the Bible should have been with Esau. Jacob, the supplanter, held on to his heel. He came out second. But look what God says. Are y'all with me? 
Verse 11, for the children being not yet born. Now, now let me stop pausing part. The church is so backwards and blinded to truth because we operate on feelings, not faith. There's nothing in your life nor my life that warranted God to save us. These boys weren't even born. They weren't even born yet. And look what it says in verse 11. Having done any good or evil. So people say, well, you know, I, uh, you, you think you say because you never smoke cigarettes. You're blind as a bat with sunglasses on. You think you saved because you never partied and got wild. I've been in church all my life. You, you think God saved you because he was obligated to save you. <laughs> that the purpose of God according electos, election, might stand. God has the right to sovereignly select. Not of works, but of him that calls. I was saying this morning, my oldest brother was in the gang in South Philly. And <clears throat> before all of them died, several of them got saved. A whole lot of them got saved. The rest of them went to jail and they died and they in hell. God set back... All of them were in the same gang. All of them did the same thing. All of them went to the same places. All of them gang war and did what they did. And yet God was sovereign in who he pulled in. Oh, y'all, y'all get, y'all get, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going to get, see, see, listen, see, listen. What blows my mind is that when I think about the goodness of Jesus. I'm not thinking about St. Matthew's. I'm not thinking about my 32 years here. I'm thinking about when God saved me before the foundation of the world, when God ushered me through trouble, when God said no weapon formed against you shall prosper, when God said I'm going to knock down everybody that comes at you, uh, that's the anointing that breaks yokes. Can I get a witness? When God put food on my table and clothes on my back and when God gave me health and strength to see another day, uh, do I have a witness? And gave me a clothed mind so I could go back 40 years and say, you know, the Lord has been good. The Lord, the Lord has been great. The Lord, the Lord has been merciful. The Lord has shown me pity. I know you think God owes you something. God doesn't owe you a thing. Can I get a witness? He, he says none of them did right or wrong, but that election might stand. Now look at verse 12. This is me. And people talk about, well, I don't believe in election. It's in the Bible. What else you don't believe is in the Bible? Does God have the right to select who he wants to say? What theology are you carrying around? Look what Paul's argument is. Verse 12. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Now that hatred is a perfect hatred. I don't like the Edomites in which Esau is part of. All right? What shall we say then? Here's the question. Is there unrighteousness with God? Me meaning, if Raymond Gordon was doing the selecting we can say this thing's unrighteous. This, this one's mowing his lawn and come on now. This one, this, this one, you know, this one's his friend. But he says, is God like that? And, and the answer, and, and it's rhetorical, the answer is no. 
And look, look what he says. Now, this is me. Are y'all with me? God forbid, for verse 15, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion, pity, on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth. Now, now let me stop all the What willeth? Well, I will to live a righteous life. Who the heck do you think you are? And that's why the church got to be careful. You're not the Holy Spirit. Somebody come up this aisle and they got cigarettes in their pocket. Don't say nothing about the cigarettes. That's the Holy Spirit's job to deal with that. That's the Holy Spirit's job to deal with their liquor. That's the Holy Spirit's job to deal with their drugs, not yours. Well, give me that pack of cigarettes. You don't need that. I might smack you. I told y'all, I told y'all a story. I got saved. Um, one of my close buddies, you know, we was getting high and everything. One of my close buddies said, uh, come on, man, ride with me up to the projects because my sister... And it was his sister, her name was Tamara. My sister needs us to help put her son's bike together. So we up there. Now, we, you know, I accepted Christ. We up in the projects, like on the 15th floor in South Philly, and putting the bike together. And uh, so anyway, make a long story short, I had a pack of cigarettes. He had a pack. We said, you know what? In the name of Jesus, this is it. And we threw the pack of cigarettes out the window, and they went all the way down 15 stories, right? And, it, and it, it looked, the way it looked, it looked righteous. But when we finished putting the bike together, I was outside trying to find my cigarettes because I started having a Jones. I, I wanted, you know, and, and, and uh, in the name of Jesus, and don't believe them other denominations that tell women that you can't, uh, you know, you you got to wear a long dress and cover your hair and don't put on no makeup. Please put on makeup. Please put on makeup. Somebody got to cover something up. Please put on makeup. Now, now, now you laughing, but the word makeup in the Greek is hypocrite. It means you putting something on that's not you. How many hypocrites we got up in here today? Ain't, ain't no hypocrites now. Ain't, ain't no hypocrites now. That's all right. <sighs> Lord have mercy. So look what God says. I'm, I'm coming in. The aim of compassion. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it's not that him that willeth. It's not that him that runneth. Uh, but of God that shows mercy. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? For the scripture saith to Pharaoh even, amen, to Moses, I'm sorry, uh, about Pharaoh. Uh, he says, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my powers in you. Therefore, verse 18, uh, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will, he hardeneth. Now, when, when I, in, in 1979, when I was in my um, Doctrine for senior classes um, at Philip College of Bible, this became a controversial subject we all had to write papers on. You cannot have election on this side and those that were not elected on this side. Once you elect, the others... Or going to hell. You can't leave them hanging. Once you've been shown mercy, the others have been shown hardness. Y'all looking at me funny. Now look, look, look. Get back in your Bibles. Get back in your Bibles. Get back in your Bibles. Look, look what he says, verse 18. Therefore hath he mercy in whom he will have mercy, and whom he will. He hardeneth. Verse 19, that will say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault for who have resisted his will? 
The reason when God calls you, Kaleo, you got to come because you can't resist his will. The reason you got to be saved because you can't say no to God. Y'all ain't getting this. I would think my ministers ought to be standing up. The reason you got grace is because you've got to accept grace. God didn't give you no option. Once he calls you, you got to come. And if he called you, Lord have mercy, you leave everything else behind as the fishermen did. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. You can't have a business over here and your children over there and you running hither, thither over there and you come to church late over here. God don't want that mess. God wants to be fast. Seek ye first the kingdom. And then everything else. I said everything else. I said everything else. Will be added. Unto you. See that's what tithing is all about. Tithing is not about money. The money belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells therein. Everything you got, God owns. He just lend it to you. And he's testing your faithfulness. I wish I had a witness up in the house. So when God says, give me a tenth, I'm going to make sure you can make it on nine tenths. I'm going to give you more with the nine tenths than you would have had with the ten tenths. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. I'm testing the authenticity of your faith. Tithing is about faith. Tithing ain't about your bills. Tithing ain't about you don't have enough to go around. Tithing says, I, I got school loans. I, I, I got mortgage payments. I got electric bills. I got gas bills. I'm trying to do this, but, but, but I'm going to put God first. And I'm going to trust him to do the rest can I get a witness and every time I put him first I don't know how he does it but blessings come out of nowhere because he's faithful can I get a witness I said he's faithful he's faithful to do what I feel like preaching now he's faithful to do far exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. God don't want you going to a retreat, coming back shouting. God wants you to be like Nike and just do it. Ain't nothing getting away of my tithes. I've been tithing 35 years. Nothing's getting away of my tithes. Because my God is faithful. My God will show up when I get in trouble. My God's got my back, my front, and my sides. Can I get a weakness? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread mm. 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 so if I get a bill collector calling me up saying listen uh, your account is going in collections and we need a payment that word collection doesn't bother me. I need to make sure that my God is satisfied with what I'm doing with my money. Now, he wants me to get out of collection. He wants me to get out of debt. But I got to make sure he gets his. Because the more I give, the more he gives me. Y'all ain't, ain't getting this. Y'all ain't getting this. Check, check it out, check it out. I'm, I'm going to get out your way. I'm going to get out your way. 
Let me get out your way. And really, the Bible talks about tithes and offerings. I ain't even put in the word offerings yet. Can I get a witness? That, 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 and, and the Bible says in New Testament, don't use 10%. That's the basis. As you have prospered, as you keep on prospering, God gets more. Can I get a witness? So he can give you more. Y'all ain't, ain't getting this. Y'all ain't getting this. Y'all ain't getting this. Y'all ain't getting this. Look, look. Who has resisted his will? Verse 19. Nay, but old man, who, listen, who art thou? that replies against God. Shall the thing formed, the clay, say to the thing that formed it, the potter, why have you made me this way? I ain't never get in the mirror and say, Lord, why did you make me this way? I got in the mirror and said, Lord, thank you for making me good looking. I'm good looking, Doc. You say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you blind. I'm good looking. Something wrong with you. Go get your eyes checked. <laughs> you think I need your compliment to feel good? I don't need your compliment. I'm deceived. Shoot, I, I look good. I look great, Doc. Girl said, you fine. I said, I know. It's all right, baby. We're going to work this thing out. It's all right. Check it out. Now, I'm coming in for land. We're talking about the aim. The aim. Now, look at verse 21. Have not the potter power over the clay of the same what? I'm in the same lump as Adolf Hitler, Edie, I mean, Jack the Ripper, uh, 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 Jekyll and Hyde I come out of the same lump the lump of sin what God did he reached into the lump of sin and pulled out clay and said I'm going to make it shape it, break it and mold it so it's after me are y'all with me this morning uh, he, he, he says in verse 22 what if God Willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. I don't want to touch that. I guess not. The vessels of mercy are saved, the vessels of wrath are doomed. It's, it's right here in the text. Everybody in your family, I ain't talking about your immediate family. Maybe you were faithful in spreading the gospel. Maybe you prayed for them. But everybody in your family ain't going to heaven. You better wake up smelling coffee. They don't believe the report. They're not saved. And we don't wait to no funeral to put you in heaven. I ain't doing it, Doc. I ain't doing it. Reminds me of the two rich men. They were brothers. And one brother died. He was a billionaire. One brother died. The other brother came to the church and said, Pastor, can you please preach this eulogy over my brother that he was a good, giving, godly man? He said, I can't do that. Everybody knows your brother. He said, I'll give you millions to build that next section in the church. So the preacher said, that's a deal. So the preacher got up at the funeral. It was packed out. He said, this man in the casket was a no good sinner who broke every law of God. But his brother's worse. <laughs> and, and see, we don't read the Bible. You and I, when we go to heaven, we're going to sweep through the gates, but we're barely getting in. Paul talked about, I'm chief sinner. I'm barely getting in. That, that, that was his perspective on salvation. So look what he says. He says, verse 23, I'm coming, and that he might 
make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of what? Mercy, which he had afore uh, 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 prepared unto glory. We are prepared people for a prepared place, amen, with a prepared praise. So the aim is the sovereign, is the sovereign compassion of God. I'm only saved because God allowed it. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me jump out there. Let me jump out there. I should be dead from AIDS because I lived a reckless life. But AIDS could not germinate because God had other plans. HIV couldn't take over because God said, I'm calling you without repentance to do a work for the kingdom. Liquor could not give me cirrhosis of the liver because God was blocking it. Do you know how much God has blocked so you and I could be here this morning? Do, do, do you know how much God threw off so we could praise his holy name? Can I get a witness? Do you know how much compassion he had with confused people? Can I get a witness? Child, child of God, see the aim of all this is the fact that God is sovereign. He's sovereign. Now we got to do our part. We got to witness. We, we can't be sitting back. Well, that's not my strength. Well, it's, it's a whole lot of angel strength. You do. You run your face. Go on and, you know, do this. I got a call. Uh, I'm getting out your way. I got a call years ago. One of my uncles, my mother's brother, you know, Leo, he had cancer of the throat. He was in the service. He smoked for like 50-something years, pell-mell. And they told, I was a minister. They said, you better get up to the hospital because he's going to pass away any moment. And when I walked in St. Agnes on Broad Street, he was sitting up in the bed with all these tubes in him. He could hardly breathe. And I went right in the room. He knew I was a minister. I said, oh, you're getting ready to go to hell. You need to give Jesus your life. Do you want to give Jesus your life? He did like this. And I led him to Christ. Right after I led him to Christ, he died. That's mercy. That's mercy. Now, if I had these little pitiful excuses, well, I got to go up at least five times and spend. He ain't got five times. I, I got to get to know my uh, coworker. You ain't going to know him. Just come on out with the word. You come out with everything else. Can I get a witness? Come out with the word. And, and, so, and so the fact of the matter is, is that God sovereignly, listen to this, allowed him to be saved on his deathbed. Everybody don't get deathbed experiences. All you need is a nurse with the wrong calculation. You in hell. Well, how long is he going to live? Well, he got two more hours. Well, it was really two minutes. You're a child of God. We got to make peace with God on this side. The aim, the attitude, Lord have mercy, is chapter 10. We're still talking about right. How do you get right with God? Not by speaking in tongues. Uh-huh. Y'all get quiet all you want. I'm a bold, I'm a bold preacher. I defy what you believe. Not running up and down the aisles. How do you get right with God? Chapter 10 says that if thou shall confess the Romans road with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. 
the word confesses homo lego in the Greek to say the same thing God is saying. And to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, because with the mouth, confession is made unto... And, and, and God, God has laid out the plan to get saved and to get righteous. It's no longer keeping Yom Kippur and all them days in the Old Testament. It's no longer uh, uh, for a high priest to go into a tent and offer up sacrifice for the people and for himself. It's no longer being at Sinai looking at uh, lightning and thundering. It's no longer going into the temple getting a lamb without blemish. No, it's Jesus. You better know it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I got a lot of friends that are Muslims. I don't disrespect them. I love them. But when we get into a conversation, God, better wake up and smell a coffee. I went in the church to a funeral, and, and Muslims all up in there because we all grew up together. They had their little beanie hats on. And when I walked in the door, they said, oh, Lord, look who's here. And I said, you still going to hell, huh? I ain't playing with people. And I ain't going to play with you. You must be born again. Can I get a witness? You, you don't live good enough to get into heaven. I don't live good enough to get into heaven. He was our ransom. Do I have a witness? He was our sacrifice. He, Jesus was our go-between. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so the attitude is my confession. And then the effects is this. Chapter, chapter, chap, chapter 11, he uses prepositions. Uh-oh. You had the eight parts of speech, right? Noun, pronoun, verb, adverb, adjective, preposition, conjunction. Remember that? Did y'all go to school? Uh, prepositions are directional. So Paul says in 11th chapter, for of him is origin. Everything starts with God. And through him, another preposition, is operation. And back to him is outcome. God controls your origin, your operation, and your outcome. Can I get a witness? And he says that in the 11th chapter before he gets to the 12th chapter and says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, therefore are the first 11 churches of his mercy, 11 chapters of his mercy, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your body one time and forever a living sacrifice. That's a paradox. A, a, a sacrifice is dead. It's not living. Well, why did Paul say that? Because God wants you to be dead to yourself but alive to him. Living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable worship. Y'all ain't getting this. So, 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 so he, he puts out the aim and the attitude uh -huh, and the effects of compassion. And read in your hearing today was all these scriptures on compassion. They all start with pity. Somebody was mourning. Somebody was crying. And that's the Beatitudes of Matthew 5. We was teaching on Wednesday, blessed are the poor in spirit. He said, you're happy when you think uh, you're messed up. Blessed are they that mourn, mourning over your sin." I remember, man, when I got saved, I was mourning over my sin. Lord, I just can't seem to help myself. I got these habits. I keep falling. I was mourning, mourning, mourning. And God would reassure me that he would give me strength to overcome what I was mourning about. How many of y'all had things in your life you couldn't get rid of? Come on now. Habits, hindrances. Do I have a witness? Yeah. And some things go quicker than other things. Do I have a witness? Thank you, Jesus. So, 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 so he, he gives us the aim, the attitude, and the effects. But Jesus decides to pull up a narrative from John 
and it's in John 11, which is a microcosm of our salvation. When a messenger came to Jesus and disciples and said, your best friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said, no, 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 we're still going the other way. Can I get a witness? And disciples were mystified. Why are you going to do that? He's sick. He's your best friend. And anyway, Jesus finally turned around and said, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes. that I wasn't there to the intent that you may believe. I'm coming in for landing. A whole lot of stuff in your life is generated by God. So you start believing him. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't there, but let's go. Jesus and disciples walk into Bethany. Mary and Martha come running out. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now, whatever you ask God, he'll do. Uh, I know he will rise at the general resurrection. Jesus said, no, 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 I am. Ego e me. I am the resurrection in the life. Can I get a witness? And Jesus said, where have you laid him? He's in the tomb. So here go Martha playing Undertaker by now, and he stinks. Rigor Morris has said, and he's been dead four days. Now, the historicity of Jewish customs is that anything to be tested had to last at least three days. Jesus let it go four days. So it was without question. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, move the stone. Some think that's a metaphor. Move, move your doubt. And when they moved the stone, Jesus went to the mouth, yeah, of the grave. And he said, Lazarus? And we've been there while he called his name because he is the resurrection. Abraham, Haggai, Daniel, come on now. All of them would have came out if he had just said come. But he said, no, 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 I, I want this one. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says he came out in grave clothes. Now, when you get saved, you're supposed to have on grave clothes. Yeah, grave clothes is what you brought out of the world. Grave clothes are habits that you came into Christ with. Grave clothes is reasoning that you had in your mind. And it's the church's job to help remove the grave clothes. As we send you to class to learn discipleship one, two, three, four hundred, amen, to have core so you can come and move the grave clothes, the rags, put on riches. He said, loose the grave clothes. Do I have a witness? And Lazarus came forth. And in the next chapter, the 12th chapter, Jesus and Lazarus sitting down at the table eating. And they fellowshipping. And he was clothed in his right mind. Can I get a witness? I'm coming in now. Thank you, Jesus. And the Pharisees wanted to kill him and Lazarus. See, the devil got to get rid of your proof. The devil got to snatch your praise. The devil got to tamper with your testimony. If you let him. Do I have a witness? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor any other thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We are troubled on every side. Can I get a witness? Ain't no Christian living a life without trouble. We are troubled on every side. You're troubled today, and you're going to be troubled tomorrow, and you're going to be troubled next week, and you're going to be troubled next year. You can marry Elizabeth Taylor. You, you, you can marry Dan Zell. You're still going to have trouble. Can I get a witness? God uses trouble 
Don't God use trouble? He uses trouble to transform us. He uses trouble to give us a shout. He uses trouble to get us excited. Can I get a witness? He said, we are troubled on every side. But we don't get distressed. We don't lose it. Can I get a witness? We're not ready to give up. Can I get a witness? You got to understand this thing. God is in control. Isn't he in control? Isn't he able to do far exceedingly? Won't he do it, saints? Doesn't God have a plan? I got plans for you. Plans of good and not of evil. To bring you to a desired end. Can I get a witness? That's the aim and the attitude and the effects of compassion. Can I get a witness? God wants me to show compassion to everybody. He wants me to show pity and mercy to everybody because he showed pity and mercy to me. Can I get a witness? He snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments and he put me on a street called Street. Haven't the Lord been good? Haven't the Lord been merciful? Haven't the Lord had pity? Can I get a witness? That's why we show compassion. There should be no, amen, uh, uh, there should be no conditions for compassion. If somebody's hurting, you show compassion. You got to forgive them. You got to stop all the bitterness. You got to stop running away from them. And you got to, yeah, have pity. Pull them out. Can I get a witness? And provide something for them. Can I get a witness? The Lord is merciful. The Lord is a compassionate God. Do I have a witness? I'm so glad that Jesus was compassionate with me in my years of ignorance. I'm so glad that the Lord showed mercy when I didn't have no common sense. I'm so glad that the Lord put me on a street called straight with conviction. I'm so glad I can praise him. I'm so glad I can magnify him. I'm so glad I can glorify him. Let me tell you what I'm so glad about. I'm so glad nobody can walk in this church and accuse me of anything. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my way maker. The Lord is my storm breaker. The Lord is the potter. And I'm nothing but clay. Can I get a witness? You got to show compassion to everybody. You got to show mercy and pity to everybody. Can I get a witness? To people you don't like, to people you don't want to be around, you got to show it. Because if you hold on to your bitterness, God going to whip your butt. Because he's been good to you. And you're not worthy. Hasn't he been good to you? Say yeah. Hasn't he been good to you? Say yeah. He's worthy. I said he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Let's stand on our feet. And every, let's stand on our feet. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you want to be saved, raise your hand. Jesus wants to save you. He died for your sins, was buried and rose again. Son of God, God the Son. Or you want to join the church in your Christian experience, they want to raise your hand. Love to have you. We preach truth here. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not a special healing preacher. I'm a biblical preacher. Is there one? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Give us your compassions. They fail not. They're new every day, every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning. Somebody's in pain, and they need our compassion. 
Somebody's blown out of their mind. They need our compassion. Somebody's ready to give up and they need our compassion. Help us to be compassionate one with another. And we'll be so careful to give your name to praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what do you need me to forgive? And God bless you. Love you. Have a great day.